Blazer fans, welcome to episode number nine of the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is the Western Kentucky Game Preview, and you know my name by now, John Duncan, and you know the other name, Steve Irvine, my co-host, is joined with me as always. Steve, I'm just glad we've got a game to talk about this weekend, buddy, Um, you know, coming off another bye week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is killing me, man. I I like to play every week, and you know, I know as a you know for the players and the coaches, it's good to uh, kind of take a breath and you know get guys healthy and all and all that type of thing. But uh, you know, I mean, I think it's probably even a little frustrating for them because you know in in the college football world, you're such a creature of habit. You know, everything is just you know you're you're into routine. You know, and and this year there's there hasn't been a whole lot of routine. Now it could be worse. I mean, look at Marshall. Even though they looked really good, you know, after a three-week break, but they had, you know, they had three weeks in between a game, and that's a long time now. So uh, it's a weird, weird year, but it's, it is good to be uh, preparing for another one. Yes, it is. And guys, we've got you know, Steve and I are going to talk as always and preview the uh, WKU game, but we've also got a special guest, uh, Jared McDonald of the Bowling Green Daily News. Um, you guys are going to hear our interview with him um, in a little bit. Um, you know, Jared does a phenomenal job covering uh, Western Kentucky for the Bowling Green Daily News. So, yeah, we've got a great episode, episode you guys. Um, before we start on Western Kentucky, Steve, let's go mention everybody that uh, Grayson Cash is, you know, he's returned to practice. Um, that's that's a good sign. And also, there's still no positive COVID test uh, since before the Miami game. So that's just you know, remarkable again that, you know, we still haven't had many positives in this uh, weird uh, COVID times. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it just shows just how diligent they are and just how great it is to, to you know, be at UAB. You know, I mean, that that's just uh, just cutting edge type type thing, you know, around around the program. And it's amazing. And, you know, with Grayson Cash, I mean, I think the best news about it is, and I don't mean this as a slight to Grayson Cash because I think he's a very good player, the best thing about it is they didn't really miss him. I mean, I thought DeMond Miller was tremendous, you know, and, and so, um, you know, I think it's still Grayson Cash's job, obviously. And, again, I didn't mean that as a slight to Grayson because I do think he's a big part of the defense. But it's just it was great to see DeMond Miller step up like he did, and now you have just another guy with starting experience and another capable safety in there. And it's just going to be, uh, you know, huge for this defense moving forward. Yes, for sure. Um, and also good news, uh, UAB is receiving uh, votes in the AP and coaches poll. So, um, you know, good for the Blazers. Um, continue to get those, uh, you know, those votes in both of those polls. And hopefully um, with, you know, another win or two, um, we'll get in that top 25. Um, but also in good news, um, that UTSA win um, is looking pretty good. Uh, Steve, you know, we beat them uh, 21 to 13. And, a lot of UAB fans were like, oh, we should have killed UTSA. We were a big favorite in Vegas. And, yeah, well, that might be the case. I mean, UTSA goes down to Provo, Utah, and almost knocks off a 15th-ranked BYU Cougar squad. Um, they lose 27-20, to 20, but, man, they look good. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're honest with yourself coming out of that, you, you could see that they have a lot, you know, and, again, and I think, you know, we talked about before, I think they have the right head coach. Really, really good uh, defensive front, front seven to get after you. You know, they showed that in the BYU game. Now, BYU had – they were missed a couple offensive linemen that are, you know, big players for them. But, but still, I mean, you know, and they got a great running back in Sincere McCormick. Uh, you know, they're, they've done a good job of, of uh, 
covering up for their quarterback injuries. Uh, you know, I thought Narcisse was, was really good on, uh, on Saturday. And, and, uh, so they're a better team than, than people give them credit for. And, and I think going forward, we're going to see that week after week. Yeah. I think Jeff Trailer's got that, uh, program going in the right direction for sure. You know, as we mentioned our last episode, when we recapped the UTSA game, you know, you felt uh, confident that, uh, Jeff Trailer was the right guy for that program and he sure looks like it so far. Um, now, before the Western Kentucky preview starts, um, we are going to go ahead and let you guys know that UAB's next opponent, uh, Louisiana, the number 21-ranked uh, Raging Cajuns, Billy Napier squad, they actually play Wednesday night. Uh, they play Coastal Carolina on ESPN at 6.30 p.m. So, you know, definitely Blazer fans try to um, watch them uh, take on Coastal Carolina and just see how they look. Um and, you know, hopefully they'll win and we'll have a ranked team coming into Legion Field uh, the next Friday after this Western Kentucky game. Um, so that'd be awesome. Um, but we'll go ahead and just start on a Western Kentucky preview. Um, Steve, you know, Western Kentucky, they're coming into this ball game one and three, one and one in conference USA play. Um, their lone victory was against Middle Tennessee, um, but they're coming off of a uh, bad loss well you know Mar they lost to Marshall who you know as we discussed before we started recording probably is the top team in Conference USA as of now um so um yeah I mean you can't have uh, if you're a hilltopper uh, you can't help hold your head down uh losing to Marshall but the offense looked really bad um you know like I said you only score uh, 14 points and both of those touchdowns were they were in garbage time. Um, the game was already uh, already uh, won by Marshall. Um, but I mean, Western Kentucky. Um, you know, the bottom line is they're a struggling team on offense. They do have a really good defense. Um, D'Angelo Malone um, is a, a stud on the defensive line. Um, but UAB fans, you know, you should be familiar with some um, with some coaches on that staff on Western Kentucky, you know, head coach uh, Tyson Helton and, you know, offense coordinator uh, Brian Ellis, just to name those two guys, you know, UAB fans should, should know those names. Well, and also Zach Langford, their tight end coach was a really good tight end for the Blazers too. Yes. At the same time with Brian, when he was there at the same time, Brian Ellis was so, yeah. And uh, Travis Taylor, their, their director of ops was, was here under Callaway too. So yeah, there, there's some guys definitely familiar with uh this area and with the UAB program. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that first off, you know, they're, they're not playing up to their expectations. I, I, I don't think, but they've also played some, you know, they've, they lost a little, you know, at Louisville, who was a, you know, solid team. They lost to Liberty, who's a solid team. And, right. uh, you know, and, you know, had, not a pretty win over MT uh, over middle Tennessee, but uh, you know, in that, in that big rivalry game, it was a win and then lost to a really good Marshall team. So even though they haven't played their expectations, part of it is who they're playing. I mean, and, and, and the other part of it to me is just watching them and Jared w w could speak probably more clear to this, but just watching the, you know, I've watched all, all their games now and they just don't really seem to know what they want to do offensively, you know, and, and, you know, by that, I mean, I mean, I think Ty, uh, Tyro Pigram's tremendous. He's a talented kid, but, you know, he's a little different than they had last year. And I don't know that right. they fig figured out their identity yet. And I think they're a little too reliant on, on Pigram and, and um, 
you know, you can't do that. I don't think you can be that reliant on, on one guy and, you know, and, and win consistently in college football. And, you know, I mean, Gage Walker, my goodness, he was tremendous last year, you know, rushed for over 1200 yards. Uh, you know, I think he had seven or eight, uh, I think he had seven, uh, hundred yard games, you know, he's, he, in through four games, he has 28 carries for 73 yards through four games, wow. and, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know how much of that is him. I don't, you know, I just, it's hard to tell, but, but they've got to start getting other people in, uh, involved from, from what I see from way from the outside. Now I'm certainly not in the middle of it. Just, you know, just looking <laughs> yeah. from the outside, you know, and I, and I think they've got some capable receivers, you know, Tinsley's is, is a good receiver. Xavier Lane's a good receiver. They got a big tight end who's a, you know, Joshua Simon, who's, who had did some big things last year. I think they have some pieces, you know, I don't know what's going on up front. Uh, but I just, again, I just don't know, uh, I, from what I see from way in the outside, it just doesn't seem like they know who they are right now. They don't. And I mean, you go the first half on offense against Marshall, uh, they only had 80 total yards and, you know, they were down 28 and nothing at the half. Um, so definitely struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but let's, uh, um, go ahead and mention that, you know, the game's going to be 1230 PM central time, um, at Legion field. Um, we hope you can make it out, but if not, the game will be televised on Stadium, um, or you can listen to Steve and David Crane and Trey Raglan on Jocks 94.5. Um, the line uh, in Vegas for this game opened as a UAB as a 15-point favorite, but Steve, that has quickly gone down overnight to just 12 and a half. So we do see, I guess you know, money is coming in on Western Kentucky and Vegas, um, but you know, the players and coaches, Steve, they don't want to mention this, um, but. You know, as fans, uh, we, we remember last year what happened in Bowling Green. Um, you know, the tough loss, 20-13, to 13, Tyler Johnston threw four interceptions. Um, you got to think revenge has to be on the, the Blazers' mind uh, come this Saturday at Legion Field. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I think, and I think they do talk a little bit about it behind, you know, behind closed doors. Uh, they do talk a little bit about, you know, payback. And I, mean, I think you do that. I think that's just natural. And, you know, and that was a, that was a game that, that, you know, obviously you look at with four turnovers and, and I think there was a fumble in there too. Might've been five total, but I, I think that's a game you look at and you, you feel like you blew, you know, and I think there were a couple calls that changed that game too, that um, I know there were a couple calls that changed that game too. So, you know, you sort of look at that and, and obviously any loss, you come out away from it with a you know, sour taste, but you know, a loss like that, you definitely come out with a sour taste. And I think part of it too was, I, I really feel like in that game from from my remembrances from our, from our member about it was I really feel like Western Kentucky was the most physical team on the field that day and and you know I thought there was a lot of you know punch in the mouth moments that uh, that um, West Kentucky won you know and I think that that also sticks with you a little while you know when you feel like you you know maybe they out punched you then. Um, you know, you start, you, you come into it the next year wanting to, to prove that, that uh, that's not going to happen again. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely did look to be the more physical uh, team last year in Bowling Green. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, Tyrell Pegram. You know, you mentioned him earlier. You know, this is the Maryland uh, grad transfer who did play his high school ball at Clay Chalkwell locally. So, you know, UAB fans, yes, you should recognize uh, recognize the name. Um, he went 12 of 21 for just 61 yards against Marshall, um, had a QBR of uh, just 15.1, um, averaged at 2.9 yards per pass. 
He fumbled the ball three times um, against Marshall. Um, but, you know, we're going to talk to Jared about this, too. Before that, I feel like he, he was doing a little better. Um, you know, against Middle Tennessee, uh, he threw for almost 200 yards um, with two touchdowns. And Liberty, he threw for 181 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, I, I, I think, you know, kind of going back to what you said, Steve, that I feel like they are um, relying too heavily on him. Because, um, I mean, you go back to last year's Western Kentucky uh, team with uh, Ty Story, um, you know, uh, just the different style of offense, I guess, um, with Western Kentucky. Um, but I just think they're expecting uh, too much out of Pegram. Um, and, I mean, the guy that came in after Pegram um, in the Marshall game, he didn't look terrible. Um let me see. I had his name. Yes, Kaveris uh, yeah, uh, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, Kaveris Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. So we might we might see him some at Luton Field this Saturday, um, but but you know you've got to think that Pegram wants to come back to Birmingham and have a really good game. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I, I just watched the the uh, conference call with uh, with Tyson Helton, and uh, you know he he kind of downplayed a little bit, saying that you know as players you don't really think of that and. Think about that. You just go out and you know prepare yourself to play and get ready to play. And I think that you know I think that's partly true. But but you know when you're coming back home and you know it's going to be his only chance to play, you know in 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 his home as a college football player. I think I think that's big. You know and and I I do think we could see some Kaveris Thomas. I mean he's you know and he's totally different. He's he's a big old dude now. He's six four two fifty. You know, I think he's more of a pass-first type guy than uh, than than Pigram is, and and I think with Pigram too is as good as he is with his legs, and he's very good. I think a lot of what he does though is is uses his legs to buy time to still. He's still looking downfield. He's not one of those that's just going to take off and run, you know, at at at, at, at all times. You know, what I mean, a lot of times he'll buy time. You know, and and uh, so I think. You know, you, you got a little different look if they bring Thomas in 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 the game. Thomas is kind of built like Narcisse was for UTSA, but he doesn't. Uh, but he he doesn't really he doesn't run like like Narcisse does as much. So it it'll be interesting to see what you know what they do with um you know with their quarterback spot. Yeah, and it seems you know on offense too that you know we mentioned the struggles, but they've really been struggling on third down. I mean, you look at the Marshall game; they were just two of twelve converting on third down. Uh, the Middle Tennessee game, just seven of seventeen, and uh, the Liberty game, just three of ten. So, um, you know, they're just struggling on third down. A lot of those are, you know, third and longs because you know they can't establish the run game uh, with uh, Gage Walker, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so this. You know, I, I really like UAB's uh, defense against this Western Kentucky offense. Um, now, I'm sure, you know, uh, Ellis will have some tricks up his sleeve uh, for for this game Saturday, but I, I just really like our offense. Um, I still think they're trying to find themselves, uh, their identity on offense. Um, now, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we've mentioned, and you're going to hear his name a lot Saturday, uh, D'Angelo Malone, uh, defensive end for uh, – Western Kentucky, um, really talented uh, guy. You know, we saw him last year in the game. Uh, he he was in our backfield the whole game almost. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, other than him, though, I mean, the defense is good. But you watch that Marshall game. Uh, Grant Wells, the quarterback for Marshall, he really had all day to throw that game. Um, I, I don't think they sacked him at all. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, UAB's offensive line has a uh, pass block really well so far this year. So as long as we can contain Malone, Steve, I think um, Lucero will have time to throw the ball Saturday. 
Yeah, and I think that's going to be the key. I mean, you know, they've only given up uh, – UAB's only given up two sacks all year and, you know, played some pretty good fronts. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I think that um, – you know, I don't think you – know, as good as D'Angelo Malone is, and, and I think they do have some other players. I think Kyle Bailey's a good player. Devon Key's a good player. You know, I think they've got some good players, but they don't have Miami players. They, I think UTSA is a better, uh, you know, better, certainly a better front overall front than, uh, than, than West Kentucky. So, I, you know, I, I think, you know, you've seen this line has seen some pretty good fronts. So I, I think they'll be fine. I think if you give Bryson time to throw, it's going to be, you know, he'll have a big day, you know, and, 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 you know, also, you know, and we say this every week and it's just true with this offense, you got to establish that running game, which they've done, you know, pretty much almost every week. And, um, certainly in the three wins they've done. Um, so, you know, got to establish that. And uh, uh, I'll subliminally say I uh, got, got to get Dwayne McBride involved. Um, you know, yes. that, you know, I just kind of throw that in there. Uh, you know, but I mean, hey, Spencer's been so good. And, uh, you know, just uh, get that get that uh, running game going. And, you know, it could be, a, you know, a big day for the offense. Agreed. Now, Blazer fans, you know, don't let this uh, one and three record for, you know, Western Kentucky uh, kind of think this is going to be an easy game. Um, you know, as Steve mentioned earlier, they face some pretty tough teams. Um, but if you look at uh, Bill Connolly's SP plus rankings, you know, he does a good job for ESPN.com. Uh, UAB is ranked uh, number 55 and Western Kentucky is closely behind it, uh, number 66. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, so he, um, you know, his, his rankings are great. Um, and they, they do uh, like Western Kentucky. Now, he does uh, have uh, Western Kentucky's offense ranked 108, um, but that defense at number 32 um, is uh, helping that uh, ranking even more. Um, but also, um, you know, we're going to see another good punter. Um, Western Kentucky has a good punter. Um, they got a good kicker. So we're going to be uh, – seeing another good special teams unit uh, this Saturday, you know, as we did with UTSA. Um, well, and let's, let's hope we see a lot of the punter. I hope, <laughs> yes. hope he's out there all day. Hope his parents are at the game and they're so proud of watching him uh, kick 10, 12 times or, or so. So that'd be nice. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, well, all right, guys, we'll go ahead and uh, flip over to our um, interview with uh, Jared McDonald. You know, as I mentioned, he does a great job uh, covering uh, Western Kentucky for the Bowling Green Daily News. Well, welcome back, Blazer fans. We are joined with Jared McDonald, who does a great job covering Western Kentucky for the Bowling Green Daily News. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter. You can follow him at Sport. On Twitter, uh, Jared, how's it going today, buddy? Uh, it's good. Just got done talking to Coach Helton about an hour ago or so. Um, just getting ready for uh, another big week this week. Friday, uh, heading down to Birmingham probably, and then uh, catching the game Saturday. Awesome. Well, do you have any uh, like places you plan on going to eat or drink uh, or anything? Do you know Elliot Pratt that covered the uh, the Hilltoppers last year for the Daily News? Yes, uh, yes, I recognize the name, yes. Okay, he told me that if I don't eat at Saw's Soul Kitchen in Dreamland while I'm down there, he'll become um, he'll become a stranger to me. So I've got to check out those two places. <laughs> that, so. That's a smart man right there. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely Saw's. Yeah, Saw's Soul Kitchen. Oh, man, dude, they're amazing. Yes, so you got to check them out. Um, you know, if you're into, you know, UAB, I mean, not UAB, uh, Birmingham's uh, craft beer scene have, has gotten really great the last few years. So, you know, check out Trim Tab or Good People. Um 
just you know a lot of good spots to uh eat and drink here in birmingham so and i'll have to check that out i'm planning on making a weekend out of it so i'm, I'm definitely into that so I'll, I'll be sure to check that out nice well um you know the hilltoppers uh they're coming off of a loss against marshall now you know steve and i just got done talking uh Marshall is the top team in Conference USA as of now, um, so it's really hard for you know Western Kentucky to compare uh, themselves to Marshall. But um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Tyrell Pigram. Like, uh, what do you think happened to him this past Saturday in the Marshall game? Because his stats do not look good, and I mean the three fumbles and just the QBR rating. I just, I, what would you say happened to him this past Saturday? Uh, that was obviously his worst game of the year, his worst game as a Hilltopper. You know, talking to Coach Helton and offensive coordinator Brian Ellis, um, you know, they had been impressed with the way he had improved through the first three games. Um, you know, he was coming off a Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week performance against Middle Tennessee. It wasn't anything groundbreaking, and they, they thought a breakout performance was coming. They were still kind of waiting on that, uh, but they did not get that on Saturday against Marshall. Um, like I said, probably his worst game of the year. Um, they really couldn't get the offense moving. I think they had 91 yards of total offense by the time they took him out in the third quarter. Um, and you know they, they had put the ball on the ground. He had fumbled it uh, twice himself on runs and um, another fumble on a handoff attempt to Ja'Carri Moses. Um, and Marshall took that 38 yards to the house. Uh, to make it 35 nothing in the third quarter at that point. So they were giving Marshall great field position. It wasn't just that they weren't moving the ball, but they were putting their defense in bad spots as well. Right. Um, well, let's talk about, you know, what what do you think is up with Gage Walker in this? You know, last year you look you look at his um, amazing 2019 season. He had over 1,200 yards. Um, what's what's going on with the run game? Why Why can't Western Kentucky get that run game going this year? Uh, they've had 206 yards rushing with their running backs through four games. That's just over 50 yards per game. Um, oof. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oof is right. Um, and it's especially concerning considering the amount of experience they have coming back on their offensive line. Uh, you know, they bring back four starters from last year, and Mason Brooks uh, is starting there, I believe, a right tackle. Um, and he had some experience, too, um, in the past. But, and you know, that's, that's an more mature group too. Uh, the interior group, I believe, is all redshirt seniors. Uh, like you said, Gage Walker had over 1,200 yards last year. Finished, I believe, second in Conference USA and in total yards rushing. Um, but you know, going into the Marshall game, he had 68 yards total through the first three games. That matched his total from his first carry last year. Uh, he had a 68-yard touchdown in the first run against Arkansas. Um, and you know, just it really hasn't been going, and it hasn't been going for any of their running backs, really. That's a room that they had talked about as possibly being the most improved room coming into the season. You know, they had brought Malik Staples over from linebacker uh, just to try to, to maximize all of their options because they didn't see him getting more snaps at linebacker. You know, they were high on a kid, Noah Whittington, coming in, um, true freshman. Um, and, and, you know, Jakari Moses is back, and he provided a spark late in uh, the Middle Tennessee game in their last scoring drive. But he hadn't really touched the ball much up to that point, only had one carry against Louisville. Um, and he is a guy that missed most of last year with an injury and in, in the year before as well. But, you know, it, it just as a whole, their running backs haven't been producing. You know, I, I think part of that is because of Pigram. He's a dual threat guy. And, you know, he, he's the team's leading rusher at this point. 
And even even Saturday, they only had two carries from their running backs in the first half against Marshall. Um, and, you know, it ended up with Pigram, I believe, had seven carries, and Kavaris Thomas had uh, seven carries as well for 30 yards. But, you know, they, they've put themselves in positions where they need to throw the ball, falling behind, especially against Marshall. You know, when you go down 28 nothing and a half, you don't really you, – you have to find a way to put up points, and you can't be eating up time when you're down that much either. So it's partially the position they're in, and, and I guess they just haven't been – producing and that's something they're going to need to do Saturday from the get-go and I mean you look at uh WKU's uh third converting on third downs I mean you go you look at the Marshall game they were two of 12 uh, seven of 17 against middle and three of 10 against Liberty do you attribute that to just um partly not getting that run game going yeah absolutely um and you know first and second down uh it's something I had written about in the past you know they're starting out a lot of their drives early in the year, their first couple games going backwards. And when you start going backwards, instead of picking up two or three yards on first down, it makes those third downs harder. Um, I believe they're 12th out of the 12 teams in Conference USA that have played games up to this point in third down conversions, uh, just over 31% uh, conversion rate. So, you know, that, that starts with the run game on first down or just even picking up short yards on a pass or something. But uh, they haven't been able to do that much, and they've just been putting themselves in bad positions. It hasn't been penalties. They didn't have a single penalty Saturday against Marshall, but they just haven't been moving the ball much at all. Jerry, do you see them getting to the point where they need to maybe take the the read game out a little bit and, and just rely, you know, give the, the running backs a chance to get, you know, kind of get um, their feet under them, so to speak, and just, just get, a, uh, get rolling a little bit? Uh, yeah, at this point, I'd say they – should probably try anything to get the offense going. Um, you know, they're averaging just under 290 yards per game. That's last in Conference USA among the teams that have uh, played games. I believe it's it's close to the bottom in the nation as well. Um, so really anything to try to get a spark in there early in the game, get things going in a positive direction instead of backwards will help them out. Now, uh, in the Marshall game, we saw uh, late in the game when the when the game was already um, decided, uh, we saw uh, Kavaris Thomas come in and he, you know, he actually played uh, not terribly. I mean, you know, he he did better than Pegram did. Um, do you think <laughs> there's a chance that we see Thomas uh, at Legion Field this Saturday, or do you think Pegram still gets the gets the start? Uh, that was the second question I asked Tyson Helton today at his Monday media availability. The first I asked about the health, and I asked who was going to play, who was going to be the starting quarterback. He said he's repping both guys right now. Um, you know, still early in the week, he's going to wait and see. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas gets some action just because of the way he played late in that game, and just because of the lack of production in Western's offense up to this point. You know, he he. They had been talking about his arm all through camp when it was still a, a competition before they had named Pigram the starter, and he showed it. He had the 51-yard pass to Xavier Lane. Uh, I believe that's the longest play this year for the Hilltoppers. Um, and then they put together a little two-minute drive late in the game where he hit Dalvin Smith with a 26-yard pass. So he's shown that he can throw the ball down the field, And but obviously, like you said, the game was well out of hand at that point. It was 38 to nothing, so it's not like Marshall really needed to come up with a stop. I don't know if that played into the success at all but you know if Pigram is the starter and if Western Kentucky's offense doesn't produce early in the game I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas got back in there 
other, other than size, which is is pretty, pretty a lot different, what are the differences in those two quarterbacks? I mean, what what how do you, how do you compare their styles other than their size? You know, I think um, Pigram's more of the dual threat guy. Um, you know, he's more agile. He's a little bit quicker. Um, I think Thomas has a better arm. They said he's a guy that can make all the throws. He was, I believe, when he signed with the Hilltoppers, the highest rated with them a four-star recruit out of lakeland uh, high school in florida um so yeah uh, thomas i believe has the better arm um and you know they used him a little bit in short yarded situations in the past running the ball um, and he, he showed saturday against marshall that he can move a little bit with the ball in his hand um but I, i'd say that's probably the biggest difference okay well let's switch over to uh the defensive side of the ball for western kentucky and you know you can't mentioned the Western Kentucky defense without mentioning uh, D'Angelo Malone. I mean, he's got over you know 30 tackles uh, and a couple sacks already through four games. What does he mean for the uh, WKU defense? Uh, he's obviously their best player. Um, you know, you go back to their one win that they had this year at Middle Tennessee, and you look at the first play that Middle Tennessee's offense had. It was a D'Angelo Malone sack, and that really set the tone. I believe, for their defense throughout the remainder of the game, really. You know, they had seven tackles for a loss in that game, and five were in the first quarter. And he, he like I said, set the tone for that. Um, and, you know, that that's something that we haven't really seen much from Western Kentucky's defense this year is, is getting back to that 2019 form where it really carried them. Um, and I think if they want to get back to that, they need to – D'Angelo Malone needs to be kind of that guy throughout the rest of year and really it's not just him either it's an experienced group I believe they returned nine starters from last year's team so I mean you look at him you look at Jeremy Darvin at uh, tackle you look at Juwan Jones coming back who they were expecting big things out of um, you know just to talk about some of those guys up front Kyle Bailey at linebacker Deontay Ruffin in the secondary Roger Cray Trey Meadows all those guys um, man, and like I said before their offense wasn't helping them out at all I mean you look at where Marshall started their drives when they scored. Um, the first one was at the 25, but then from there, um, I believe the worst field position Marshall had was at their own 40, and then every other time they scored, they started on Western Kentucky's half of the field, I believe. So, you know, their offense needs to help them out as well. Let's kind of talk about, um, it's just like you mentioned. I mean, yeah, the offense has to have some type of production, especially, you know, not converting on third down. I mean, the defense gets tired sitting out there all day. So uh, do you see um, the offensive philosophy changing this uh, week, maybe, and not relying as heavily on Pigram um, for the tops? Or uh, I'm not really sure at this point. You know, I think they still have faith in Pigram just because of the way he had improved through his first three games. And, you know, they didn't come out today and, and say – uh, Kivaris Thomas is going to be the starting quarterback moving forward after he played well late against Marshall. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see both guys in there on Saturday and see who starts producing. Um, you know, I think they just need to find some kind of spark to get that offense going. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of last year leading up to this UAB game um, because Western Kentucky was coming off that loss to Louisville. Stephen Duncan had gotten hurt. He missed the rest of the year with that injury. And that UAB game was where Ty Story became Western Kentucky's starter. But leading up to that game, they were pretty hush-hush about who was going to be the starter. I even think on the video board they didn't put up a, a quarterback when they were going through the starting line. 
But, you know, I think they just need to do something to get that offense moving. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some changes in personnel and changes in what they're trying to do. Well, I can definitely bet that uh, Pegram's going to want to have a good game, you know, especially since, you know, he played high school ball here in Birmingham. So he's going to want to show out. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have friends or family there at the game for sure. Yeah, no, I asked uh, Coach Helton about that earlier, if he th- saw anything different from him. I know it's still early in the week leading up to this game. And he said, no, I kind of gave that cliche coach answer. You prepare for every game the same. But yeah. you know, kids and adults alike, you know, you go back home, you want to show out. Right, for sure. Um, well, Steve, did you have um, any other questions about um, Western Kentucky? For no, the, the one thing that, that's kind of just by watching them this year and last year, seems like last year defensively they, they made a lot of plays, you know, whether, whether it be tackles for a lot of plays behind a lot of scrimmage, a lot of sacks, turnovers, just made a lot of plays. And they don't seem to be making as many of those this year. How much of that is just situations they've been put in and how much do they have to kind of – you know, how much do they have to turn that on, start making plays defensively? You know, I, think it, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, you look back to even their first game against um, the Cardinals were 7 of 10 on third down in the first half, and that wasn't necessarily because those were third and short situations. You know, I look back to one touchdown, or not even the touchdown, but a first down conversion they had. Louisville was backed up on their own in their own end zone, Um you know, it was like third and 16, and they convert a first down. And it was just several big plays for the Cardinals throughout the night. And then kind of the same thing against Liberty. Um, you know, there was one play, I believe it was third and 17, and Malik Willis, Liberty's quarterback, ran, uh, I believe, 16 yards. And then it creates a short fourth and one, fourth and inches situation that they're able to convert, keep the drive alive, and, and go down the field and score. So I think they need to to, to be able to get off the field, which they've done a, a much better job of in these last couple of games when they're in those positions, but they haven't really created as many turnovers, like you said. Um, I know you mentioned some of those tackles for losses. We saw them against Middle Tennessee, like I said, five in the first quarter alone. Um, but I, I think that's something they'll try to do Saturday. It's something they were able to do that led to their success really against UAB last year. They picked off Tyler Johnston third four times in that game. Um, and he's still out with the shoulder, correct? Yeah, he's yeah yes. he is. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. And, yeah, yeah. You know the the backup I saw through three interceptions in his last game, uh, UTSA. So you know that might be something there. That may be something to watch, and that could be the key to the game. Yeah, and a lot you know a lot of his his uh, mistakes last week were were or I guess UTSA was because of pressure. I mean that's that's kind of you know he's a he's a true or a redshirt freshman, but you know playing his first time really, and so that's kind of what I wonder you know get back to that approach that because uh, I want that's one thing that, that that I remember last year from the UAB game is those guys up front got after it. Now I mean they 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 Tyre Johnson most of his I think he made one just bad decision. Other than that, they were they were balls that were created by by pass rush yeah and i mean we, that goes back to what we were talking about with d'angelo malone he's really been the mainstay trying to to get that pressure on the quarterbacks that's something that both coach helton and defensive coordinator clayton white have talked about really through the first four games is trying to make quarterbacks uncomfortable get them off their spot um you know it was a little bit different Last week with Marshalls, Grant Wells, more of a, a true pocket passer type of guy. Guy can throw on the run where you get um, Mikhail Cunningham at Louisville, Malik Willis at Liberty, and Asher O'Hara with Middle who are 
guys that are more of a threat to just take off down the field and run the ball. So it's been a couple different styles that they've seen so far. Um, then, you know, Asher O'Hara got his, but they were able to slow down the rest of those guys. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens Saturday with this uh, UAB offense against Western's defense. Yeah, for sure. Now, I do have uh, one more question for you, Jared. Uh, what were your uh, thoughts on the the new Tops helmet uh, that uh, they broke out against Marshall? Do you did, did you like them? Uh, do you think we'll see them again? Or I like them, but after the way they played in them, I don't know if we'd see them again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I thought they were smooth. I, I like the uh, little visor, um, I guess, the whatever you want to call it, that said Tops on it. You know, I thought the white with the uh, – you know, the cursive tops was cool. I know the Maryland fans weren't really too happy with it because it looked like some old Maryland uniforms. Well, um, that's their fault for switching to those well, ugly uh, black, yeah. flag on the helmet. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, if they're going to copy a Maryland helmet, I'm glad they copied that one and not that quilt that they wear on their head, you know, uh, the other one. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I thought that was pretty, pretty slick looking, so. Yeah, I thought they were super clean, too. I kind of hope they uh, – well, they wear them this Saturday because um, I think they look cool, and I hope they perform the same way. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, but, Steve, did you have any other questions for Jared? No, I think we're good. Now, Jared, don't go to Saws before the game because you might not leave. You might miss the game because you might yes. want to stay there and keep eating. So make sure to do it the night before. Yeah, yeah that, that might be a good plan. I'll take yeah. your advice on that one. Yeah, and then go after the game. Uh, go both times? Yeah, yeah. Hey, or Dreamland, do Dreamland one of them and do Saws the other. There I, you go. Personally, I would recommend Saws over Dreamland, but I mean, Same. you're in town, you kind of have to do both. <laughs> yeah, Elliot and I used to always hit up all the um, the barbecue spots when we traveled together. I know um, when Western had their bowl game last year in Dallas, um, and then again with the Conference USA tournament before that got canceled for basketball, we'd uh, hit up all the barbecue spots. So I'm trying to get his recommendations everywhere I have to go. So. Yeah, this is good barbecue league, so you're you're in good shape. Yes. <laughs> good barbecue league, I like that. I like that. Well, all right, everybody, uh, make sure um, you know you give Jared a follow on Twitter at jmcdonaldsport. Um, and Steve and I will be back uh, after the Western Kentucky game for a recap episode. Um, but on that note, uh, you guys have a great rest of your week. Go Blazers!